Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Friday, February 28th, 2020. I'm your host, Ooh. Will Hunter, joined by my uh, in a rush co-host, Matt Sheehan. Matt, what's up? <laughs> Just being in a rush because that's all that life is lately. Glad what, to be here, Will. Why do you have to leave? Like, why, why are we rushing this episode for you? Uh, once again, got a basketball game that starts at mm. 7 sharp, so mm. we will see how that one mm. goes. Mm. Yes. Are you sitting closer to your microphone? I'm trying to, yes, but I also don't want to speak too loudly or too quietly. This is very uncomfortable. It's not as easy as just <laughs> laying back and letting the laptop microphone pick it up. But, you know, every day is another learning lesson in this class we call life, Will, and this is just one of those lessons. Are you in a quieter room without someone doing seemingly laundry in the background? Ooh, that person seemingly doing laundry was me. I mm. think I fidget with a lot of things around the room when I talk. I tried to take away all those things so I can't <laughs> grab a pen or a marker or a tape uh, roll or just anything that I could possibly grab in here because I am like a child who just likes to grab things. Fantastic. We're learning. Um, yeah. All right. We, we got a tight show today. A lot of things to get to and we got to get out of here uh, like 28 minutes flat. Um so on today's show, we're going to talk about the new hires, Michigan State, new defensive coordinator, new strength coach, um, definitely some interesting things to talk about there. And then we're going to talk about Michigan State and Maryland, um, a game that lost some luster because, dear God, Minnesota is just the worst. Are we going to talk about that at all <laughs> or just gloss over we it? We should just like, we'll kick off some basketball with that because we've got okay. some things to say. Um, Render to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get your podcast. We do this every single day, five days a week here on the uh, Locked on Podcast Network. Uh, oh, we got uh, Combine 40 times going on now. Heck yeah. Ooh, saucy. Should we just do like a live podcast just reading off 40 times the entire time? We could. I'm going to see what Brian Lewerke ran. Give me 4-9-2. Uh, that's too slow. No, that's that's too slow for him. 4-9-2? Well, I'll, I'll get to it later. Uh, okay. Oh, wow. 4-9-9 unofficial. Okay. All right. How in the hell did he run a 70-yard touchdown? <laughs> um, <laughs> With no one touching him the entire right. way. <laughs> Speaking of Michigan State football, uh, got a couple of hires here. Some official. Uh, actually just got an email uh, release, and then uh, the MSU Twitter account sends it out as well, kind of coinciding with official hirings. What do you want to do? You want to do unofficial or official first? Let's do unofficial. The, Let's the do mystery. Unofficial. The mystery is more fun. Love it. All right. So um, news broke, Matt. Mm-hmm. That Michigan State was back to their bullying ways. Their money whipping ways, frick- baby. Oh my God, that is just. Let's talk. We'll talk about that. Okay. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute, but Michigan State, the report is, has gone into Manhattan, Kansas, glorious Manhattan, Kansas, and plucked away defensive <laughs> coordinator Scotty Hazelton uh, right. to be, you would assume, their uh, defensive coordinator under Mel Tucker. Um, according yeah. to Riley Gates of Go Power Cat, uh, the 24-7 site uh, out there, he's the one who broke the story. Uh, the source told him that Michigan State made an offer that Kansas State, quote, can't match, unquote. And that is still just absolutely wild that Michigan State is on the tail end of that story. That's yeah. wild to me that we are the team. We are the team plucking people away with wheelbarrows of money. Yeah. Um, Hazleton was paid 
$550,000 last year's first year at Kansas State. Uh, Mike Trestle made $725,000 to be D coordinator last year. Um, Chris Kapilovich, uh is going to make $700,000 this year at Michigan State as the offensive line coach slash run game coordinator. Times they are a changing, Matt. Um, yeah, I imagine Hazleton is going to be making probably uh, close to or more than a million dollars to be the defensive coordinator. That is... Um, a really nice hire on the surface. What was your initial reaction? And you can go ahead and, and do it based on the picture that was circulating of him. Oh, you already. Yeah, I was just going to say my first impression. That is one hell of a beard. <laughs> my man is sporting right now. That is a fine beard. That would take me seven years to grow. I think <laughs> I could literally my entire life. It very well. My entire life could spend my entire life starting right now. And it mm-hmm. would never look like that. no. No, but dang it, Scotty's got it, and Scotty, Scotty's also got the chops to coach up some good defenses too, which is nice. That I think I, I I don't know what metric it was, I don't know what stat it was, oh, but buddy, it was I something like the second best defense in the Big Twelve. Yes, and let me tell you, Big Twelve that's not necessarily a fun conference to play defense in. Just ask, well, literally any defense in the Big Twelve. Yes, uh, he's done well at Wyoming. I think he posted what is it two top twenty-five national defenses at Wyoming. I think both top thirty in scoring defenses. Uh, his defenses cause a lot of takeaways. He was at a little school called North Dakota State University. I know they played in the FCS. Hmm. I wonder if they've ever been successful ever. Mm, uh, yeah, so oh, overall, yeah, and we're just bullying people with the checkbook. Just bullying those Kansas State Wildcats. So um, I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. If you had to guess based on this picture, and if you haven't seen it yet, just search Scott Hazleton, H A Z. E-L-T-O-N. I'm sure a lot of you have seen it, but I know some of you, my mom, um, (laughs) haven't seen a picture of him yet. Just search Scotty Hazleton and look for the guy with the beard. There's some pictures. uh, Most of the pictures, he's he's got the beard. Um, Looking at that picture, Mm -hmm. how old do you think that man is? Oh, boy. Uh, uh, Honestly, I'm horrible with age, and I've seen enough people uh, that are in rough shape anywhere between the age of 28 that look like him (laughs) to 68. So I'll cut it down in the middle and say 48 years old is is how old I think he would be. You're playing the game wrong. He's 46. You're supposed to say, I don't know, 60? Oh, wow. Listen, Giant age in me is is not a thing. I, I can't do hair color. I can't gauge people's ages. If I was ever a witness at a crime... I would be the biggest liability when it comes to filling out the police report. We just need to work on you understanding where I'm trying to lead you and helping me. Because, like, clearly... That no, man, that's never going to happen. Clearly, that man looks old. I want you to be surprised by how young he actually is. No, I, okay, it's not often I get to be right on the show. So to be able to get no. two years off of him, this, no, this is a very exciting I'm mad moment at for you. me. All right. Well, I'm excited. Here's so, some huh? numbers. <laughs> you sort of alluded to him. Let's uh, be more specific about it, Matt. Uh, Hazleton, uh, defensive coordinator at Kansas State for one season in 2019. Um, Kansas State ranked 27th in points per game given up, which is up from 49th in 2018. You said, uh, or you alluded to it, that was second best um, in the conference. They were a few points per game uh, worse than Baylor, who had an incredible defense and rode that all the way to the Sugar Bowl. And honestly, if Kansas State had a breath of an offense this year, they could have won a ton of games. Um, yeah. You know, they beat Oklahoma, uh, had some big-time wins. Uh, before Kansas State, 
Oh, one more thing. At Kansas State, they were 61st in SP plus defense in 2018 uh, and improved up to 47th in 2019. Uh, what's really impressive in his resume is what he did at Wyoming. Holy crap, Matt. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's talk yeah. about it. In 2015 and 2016, so the two years before he got to Wyoming, Wyoming ranked 101st and 102nd in points per game allowed. Not and, ideal. Not ideal. And 119th and 116th in defensive SP+. So, <sighs> Even MSU's offense last year would have scored on these guys. Oh, my. Pretty bad. In Hazleton's two seasons, Wyoming ranked 9th and 29th in points per game allowed, and 36th and 42nd, I says 40, <laughs> 42 ST in defensive SP+. Plus. I need to go fix that. Holy crap. Um, <laughs> nah, you're fine. I got ahead of myself. Um, yeah, so 36th and 42nd. Uh, so they improved uh, 70, 80 spots in defensive yeah, uh, advanced numbers and 100 spots almost or 92 spots and 90 or 75 whatever 75 to 90 spots a large number in points per game um yeah they went from 102nd in points per game one year later they were ninth like his first year 102nd to ninth in points per game that is i don't care where you are i don't care what school it is what level of football is that is absurdly good (laughs) That Pay that is, man a million dollars. Pay that, that man a million dollars really and good. get him in a green and white sweatsuit, yeah. baby. Let's go. Um, so now, just to sort of sum this up here, let me try to find this tweet that everyone seemed to enjoy. Michigan State's defensive staff now has Kansas State's 2019 defensive coordinator, Michigan State's 2019 defensive coordinator, Florida State's 2019 defensive coordinator, Ron Burton, who is one of the best defensive line coaches in the country oh and georgia's 2017 to 2018 defensive coordinator when they were in the national championship game matt me like it that is pretty damn good that's some star power right that's there. a lot of juice on that that's side of the bad. ball um if they can hold it together and recruit and start bringing in some talent and building it um it could be really uh, really impressive, and uh, I mean, not that Michigan State's they they might hit the ground running um, because there is still talent on that side of the ball. But man, that's a that's a heck of a staff. It's a very well building uh, building job by Mel Tucker on yes. that side of the ball for yeah. sure, and especially given the time, yada yada yada. We don't have to talk about that for the fiftieth time in yeah. a row. But um, all right, let's pause here. We'll come right back and we'll talk about a. Um, Another hire, an official hire, and then we'll transition into basketball. So we'll do that here in just a second. All right, so a little bit lesser known of a hire, but I think one that's going to be really important and pay huge dividends. Uh, Mm. Michigan has officially hired, Michigan State, excuse me, has officially hired strength and conditioning coach Jason Novak. Um, Jason Novak comes to MSU from IMG Academy in Florida, Matt. Just real quickly, give the people who don't know a, a two-sentence thing on what yeah. IMG Academy Just is. Just a little ragtag community high school down in Florida that had, no, they are a mega powerhouse. I believe just to attend there is somewhere in the neighborhood of 40, 50 grand per year. Specializes to stud athletes. So what are we going to get from the new strength and conditioning coach? Well, well, God dang it, I hope we get a pipeline <laughs> of, of some sort. <laughs> To this complete wealth of talent that is down in this sunny Florida, what is it, private school, boarding school, 
athletic like athletic factory. We'll call it an athletic factory. Athletic so. factory. Um, the Boses went to IMG. Um, I don't a ton of people. Not yeah. Come out tons. of IMG. It is an unapologetically a athletic high school. Yes. yes. And if you're like, oh, re- what uh, in a high school? He's coming from high school. Well, before IMG, yeah. he was head of strength and conditioning for Central Michigan uh, for five seasons. So he has D1 experience. Before that, he was the assistant strength coach for the Tennessee Titans for 11 years. Um, this is not some dude who's just uh, like a, your high school weightlifting instructor. Yeah, uh, talking about yeah. IMG, using the word high school is a, it, as loose of a term as it could possibly come. Yes, yes, it is more serious than some colleges. That's why he went from it, it Central definitely. Michigan to IMG. Correct. He was. Yep. He honestly was... Like there was a higher level, younger certainly, and a different, mm-hmm. but like a higher level of prospect type player at IMG than at Central Michigan. Um, yeah, it's a it's a factory, and yeah, he's he's young ish, but he's got a good track record. Um, yeah, NFL experience, college experience, the pipeline to IMG. It's like we've been saying, recruiting is at the forefront of. Every single move that Mel Tucker's making, and I, for one, love it. Yeah, and I think a lot of maybe the casual fan, not to sound all pompous and like a know-it-all, but I don't think the casual fan even perhaps would realize how important a strength and conditioning coach is to a college program, too. Mm-hmm. This is a, this is a very important hire to get. We all know the kind of relationships Ken Manny had with his players. We talked to Darian Harris about it maybe a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. But you look around the country, and a lot of these good programs have a foundation of a great strength and conditioning program. You go ahead and look at Oregon. Georgia just ripped away his, uh, Alabama's strength and conditioning coach. I think his name was Scott Cochran, I want to say. Yeah, and he's um, like, it was a huge move. Huge move, huge move. And especially if you read any of the stuff that the people down south are writing about it, going on the message boards, like that was a seismic shift, just the fact that this strength and conditioning coach moved. So a strength and conditioning coach, they set the tone for the culture in the weight room at practice. They work a ton with the players, more than we would ever know, to be honest, even through, during the recruiting process. So, yeah, it's just a trivial. It may seem like a trivial strength and conditioning guy. Okay, this is just the guy who tells him to run 40-yard sprints. No, this is a very, very important aspect of a football team, not just from even a culture standpoint, work ethic standpoint, but also, well, I think MSU's had some injuries in the last few years. That have kind of taken mm. some seasons mm-hmm. a wee bit off the rails. Now, of course, not all those injuries can be attributed to the strength and conditioning program. But, sure. man, well, I like to think I know enough about math to know what a correlation is. And, hey, I, you can kind of see a correlation between the amount of injuries that were happening with MSU relative to all the other programs in college football. So Perhaps I'm excited. It's a very exciting day. It's something that is a huge benefit to have a top-of-the-line program, obviously. Real Mm -hmm. quick, and then we'll move on. Uh, This is an article from SB Nation from 2019. Headline, IMG Academy recruits would make for a top 15 signing class all by themselves in 2019. Yep. uh, If you just took the 23 IMG players in the 24-7 sports composite rankings, they would have been the 15th. Uh, oh nope, 14th best class uh, in the in the 2019 rankings group. Um, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah. In 2018, their class would have been ninth. In 2017, Jesus. the all IMG class would have been eighth in the rankings. So 
And that's why we don't consider them a true <laughs> high school. They have 20-plus Division One prospects, high-end Division One prospects every year. And if you signed all of them, you would have a top 10 recruiting class sometimes. That is. Let's just do that, Mel. Let's just do that. Let's quit horsing around and just go down to Florida, <laughs> come back with a plane full of IMG Academy athletes. It's uh, yeah, it's it's not a bad uh, thing to have a direct connection to that school. Um, let's change gears here and talk about just what a disaster show Minnesota is at basketball. <laughs> Uh, a thousand hundred million percent and not once for a single second when they were up nine no. with three minutes or four minutes to go when they were up four with 40 seconds ago did I think that Minnesota was actually going to win that game well you could see the choke gene mm-hmm. running through these players bodies they went one for four on free throws in the last 40 seconds all front ends of the one and one well two of them two the last two front ends were a collective 10 inches away from being air balls on those free throws. <laughs> it was so I bad. couldn't believe the magnitude of this meltdown that was yeah. happening. And everyone knew it, too. Gabe everyone knew it, too. Like, I, I'm on Twitter scrolling. All of oh, yeah. MSU Twitter is watching this game. Not a, not, a not, one, a not a one said, heck yeah, Minnesota, like prematurely or anything like that. We all knew yes. what was happening. So, here's, Minnesota, dang it, thank you for the entertainment. You guys are absolutely hilarious to have in the conference. Here's my tweet. All Minnesota and Richard Pitino have to do in the last eight minutes is not completely screw everything up, so I fully expect Maryland to win. And... Minnesota and Richard Pitino completely screwed everything up, and Maryland mm-hmm. won on a 30 freaking footer with a second and a half left in a game that they had absolutely no business winning. And had the had Minnesota pulled it off, Maryland and Michigan State would be playing for uh, a share of the Big Ten championship this weekend, as it is Michigan State and the rest of the conference still need some help um, because Maryland yep. is two games up, welcoming in, excuse me, welcoming in Michigan State to wherever the hell they play basketball in Maryland. Yeah, and I know they got Rutgers on the schedule the Xfinity next Center. to... Oh, excuse, well, of course. Oh, the, the story at Xfinity Center. Yes. yes, absolutely. And then after that, Maryland plays Rutgers and Michigan. We could talk about Barbarian interest if that time ever comes. Yes, that but could get interesting. I got to say, the, the feel-good story about Rutgers finally making the tournament, oh. Will, it, it's time to sit down and talk to your children <laughs> about that feel-good story. Coming completely undone. They are beating the brakes off of that story. I think they've lost what? Oh, by like oh, eight, eight of their last 10. I think it's something nuts like that. It ain't good, Will. That feel good story? Squashed. Yeah. Right. One, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, they've lost six of their last eight. Um, oh, that's not yeah. going to get you in the tourney in March, is it? <laughs> they were oh, boy. Seven and three. Second place in the Big Ten. Um, oh. Coming off a win against Purdue. Get beat mm. by Michigan. Um, in a game that I think that was at, um, was that the garden game? Yeah. It was at the garden. Um, then they get, uh, lose to Maryland by five, lose to Northwestern or no, they beat Northwestern overtime, lose to Ohio state by six, lose to Michigan. If you beat Northwestern in overtime, that should go in the loss column. It should go in the loss column. Like they, they lose to Penn state by one. Like they've lost all six of these games by a combined like 15 points. <laughs> yeah, but you know who doesn't care about that? The committee. So, the hey, committee tough luck. Does Maybe next not. year, but probably not, Rutgers. You tried your best. I still think they get in this year. Um, I, I, like, I hope so, but man, it's, ooh, it's looking a little bleak. <laughs> Michigan State's got a game, though, Matt. We should probably talk about it. Okay, Let's, yeah, we'll, we'll end our Big Ten roundup. Yes, there's the end of the Big Ten roundup. Thanks a lot, Minnesota. Um, yep. Michigan State-Maryland preview in just a second. 
All right, Matt. Uh, I, I, for this game, am going to be... I, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just had to get yeah. this out there because I'm already so stressed about this. Well, I'm going to be on an airplane mm. from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock. Uh, and I will be pounding the flight attendant button every 10 minutes, asking for <laughs> another Miller Lite to be brought to my seat. During the first half of this game, I am scared for this game. I am nervous. I am stressed. I might be put on a no-fly list by midnight come Saturday. You know what's annoying is that... Me? Yes. Okay. Michigan State, we saw in that mm-hmm. in the first game against these two. Yeah. Like, Maryland is just steady Eddie, and they do their thing, and Anthony Cowan does his thing, and Jalen Smith does his thing, and sometimes... Two fine players. Yeah, yep. sometimes Ayala pitches in, sometimes Wigan pitches in, sometimes someone's always pitching in. They just kind of, they bop along at a high level, and they're a good team, and they generally play well, and that's what they do. Yep. And Michigan State is just... The Marcus Bingham experience, even though he's not playing a ton, but like that is, they're so emblematic of that. They're just up and down, and their highs are so high, and then they plummet down. And we saw that play out exactly the first time these two played. Maryland's just chugging along, and all of a sudden, Michigan State's like, Yeah, we're going to just destroy you now. And yeah. they get up seven, and then they let up a 14 to nothing run in the last three minutes of the game and go from up seven to losing by seven. Um, and it's just and like, it's so frustrating because you're just like, you guys are so, you're better than Maryland. Like Maryland's good. Maryland's really good. Sure. Yeah, they are. But Michigan State absolutely put it on them for three minutes and went from whatever the deficit was to surging ahead. And then they just pooped the bed and they've been, it's been like that all season. That's the story of the year. But like Ken going on the road in a huge spot, a giant mm-hmm. game. Can that kick in the, like, I don't even know what to call it, but, like... In, urgency, in I guess. The urgency, yeah. And based on what Cassius did last game, like, the performances they had, like, can that spark that urgency so they don't come out flat, so they can just play at a high level the entire game and be able to beat a team that they very well could beat if they could just play well, Matt? Yeah, and obviously you get the urgency, too, from guys like Cassius Winston, especially Kyle Arns, too, who apparently read his team the riot act at <laughs> halftime of the Nebraska game. And, yeah, we saw it against Iowa. They were clicking on all cylinders in the second half when Xavier Tillman was able to play more than 30 seconds of basketball, mm, mm-hmm. unlike the first half when he almost seemingly got two fouls right at the tip-off. Um, it's a little different to run the engine that smoothly when you're going to what is sure, surely going to be a hostile environment at college park oh, yeah. college game day svp is yep. going to be in the crowd like it's going to yep. be a thing no it is so the, the, i mean it goes without saying this will be the biggest test of the year probably on the road yeah you got the michigan game i'm sure that was a little tough um going to purdue is never that great but right now you're going on the road to a maryland team who is now three games away from winning their first ever big 10 regular season One game title. Away. they win this game they clinch at least a share I'm sorry. Yes, correct. Sorry. I was going off uh, how many games left in the season. My bad. But, yeah, but like it, it's, it's huge. Yeah, it's it's a monumental game. If you go walk out of here with the win, that, I mean, obviously speaks volumes to where you're going to be seated. You are still alive in the Big Ten race. But, man, just mentally for this team to put, because they've had some bad losses. Well, they've had some awful, awful games in their little stretch they've had about mm-hmm. in the last month. I, I feel like a win would erase 
all the vibes off of that. Easy for me to say as a fan. I'm not in the locker room, obviously. You know, this is going to shock you. I'm also not writing plays in the huddle for them. <laughs> um, I could only imagine, though, that this would erase a lot, if not all of, the bad juju in the last month if they were to walk out of here with a win. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just, yeah, you, you win three in a row, you're playing well, you come off that second half against Iowa where it's maybe someone DM'd me on Twitter and was like, was that the best half? Or they maybe they, they said, like, I think that's the best half they've played all year. And I, I it's hard to disagree with that. I mean, they've right. had some really, you know, destroying Michigan, uh, looking back on it. Like, Michigan's really good and destroying them the way they did and dismantling Illinois at home earlier in the conference play. There's some really mm-hmm. nice halves in there. And you don't want to be a prisoner to recency bias, but yeah, that second half against oh, why Iowa not? It's was, fun. Yeah, yeah, it was just like that was that was it. That was the team. Uh, that's no, what totally. they should not should, but that's what we thought they would have been all season. And so, can you build on that? I firmly believe that had Maryland lost to Minnesota by six or whatever, just lost to Minnesota, mm-hmm. that they would have gone back home. Michigan State would have come back in and absolutely just demoralized them in like the first ten minutes. Yeah, I very well could have seen that too, but we've seen a lot of slow two starts on the road yes, against but OK like, teams, and it happens anyway. That would have you could I should say you could have told me that, and I would have been like, yeah, I, I totally buy that because Maryland coming in like, if we blow this, they're right, we're gonna lose the conference, like pressure things like that. And Michigan State's kind of like house money for the first time all season, maybe. Yeah, house really. money. We're feeling good. Our opponents feeling down, and you come out and you get a, a big lead, even though Maryland's come back. A ton all season. Oh, yeah, that's their MO. Yeah, yep. you, you get up big on them. The game day crowd is really quiet, and it's like, uh-oh. And we know how that stuff can snowball in college athletics. But now that Maryland mm-hmm. has another comeback under their belt, and they're feeling suit like us against the world, we just had the worst officiated game, this travel. You know, Turgeon is a monster at drilling in disrespect. Uh, he's like Mark D'Antonio on the basketball yep. court. Like, he gave three quotes post game about just how unfair everything is for them and how much of a miracle it was for them to win. And you know, the kids are eating that up and are all in on this disrespect chip on the shoulder thing. So I think it's going to be like, yeah, Maryland's not going to have any, like it's going to be a great Maryland effort. There's no shot of them pooping the bat. I don't think. No. And uh, I might regret asking this. Does Ken Palm even have their projected score up yet? Or is it too early for that? No, it's up. They're all up oh, the entire great. season. I was afraid so. Uh, 70 to 67, Maryland, 62% chance of victory. Okay, that's that's close enough for, you know what, we'll call it a coin toss. How about that? How does that sound? Perfect. Excellent. Ken Palm also has Michigan State losing to Penn State the next game, too. Ooh, I, I didn't ask for that. I did not want to hear that. <laughs> did, did not want to hear that one at all. Ken Palm has <laughs> Rutgers beating Maryland, though. Okay, are we talking men's basketball still? What? Yeah, Ken Palm's math, Matt. It's not like no, I know, I know things and like oh, Mar- Rutgers is struggling okay, but now. still, e- e- even the math of hearing that Rutgers could beat Maryland is just a wild, wild statement. But hey, I'm not as smart as Mr. Kenneth Pomeroy, so that's that's what I, I deal think with. Rutgers has lost once all year at home. That's it. Wow. Um. Yeah, Michigan is the only team to beat them at home this year, and you're guaranteeing really? wow. a Maryland win there. <laughs> oh my no, god! I'm gonna walk that one back a little bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> Rutgers has won 
one game on the road in conference play and that, lost one game at home on conference play. That they are the, nine and nine, eight and one, and one and eight. <laughs> the the whole winning one game on the incredible. road sounds about right. That that sounds right. They beat yes. Nebraska. That is incredible. So um, they really haven't had a true road win that in the Big Ten. We'll no, just call it that. Yeah, the rack right. baby. Um, so yeah, Maryland's still got to go to the rack. There's still some hope. Um, yep. But yeah, right. it's Michigan State 7 in Ken Palm, Maryland's 8. Maryland has the 24th offense and 12th defense. Michigan State has the 21st offense and 13th defense. They're neck tight. Um, Maryland's a bit, a bit more level in terms of like across the board stats. Michigan State is elite at a couple of things and not great at a couple other things. So it's going to be, I think, just as compelling and good as the first matchup and hopefully both teams play a little bit less sloppy because it wasn't an awesome game no um but it's two really good teams uh in a big environment in a huge spot and hopefully it's fun oh i don't know about using that f word (laughs) i can think of another one to describe this game that's gonna do it for us here on today's locked on spartans matt at 646 we made it yeah we sure did we did it um, we'll be back on Monday, of course, to recap this game and talk about any other uh, Michigan State news that comes out of this. And we'll start definitely getting into brackets. We we're going to talk some bracket stuff today, but Michigan State uh, hired a few people on the football side, so that took some precedent. But we'll get into brackets for sure next week. Uh, and yeah, we're it's it's going to be March next time we talk, Matt. It sure is, and I was trying to look up Bracketology today, too, and all of the last ones were updated on the 24th and stuff so, like that. Come it, on, get on your game. Coming. Lenardi, they're coming. we, we got to be doing it every 12 hours this time of year, man. Come on. JoeCook131sports.com. He'll be, he'll be on the show. God, I, you know what? Joe's coming on next week. I'll tweet Wonderful. at him. I'll text him. Joe, you're coming on next week. All right, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get your podcast. Matt, take us into the weekend. Oh, no, let's just have a great weekend, everyone. All right, love you all. Go Green.